have Molly Walker of the New York Post with us here in, not in studio, in rink, in Joe Bowen's spot, actually, up top. How are yes. you doing, Molly? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a little snowy out, but I think I can bear with it. Yeah. Well, are you going to get back to New York? That's the question right now. We've already had one flight canceled for one of our New York oh. writers, and I'm kind of just watching my phone, waiting for mine to roll in. Yeah, Pearson's not the best uh, when it comes to... Yeah, when it comes to flights, and it's not one of the best airports in the world, we can tell you that. But uh, we got a pretty solid hockey game. I mean, there's a lot of buzz with uh, with them coming to town with the New York Rangers. And, you know, we talked a lot about Igor Shosturkin and, and Ilya Samsonov, who's on the other end, another Russian goaltender, mm -hmm. really excited and, and ready to play this game against Igor. I mean, um, you know, what's his season been like this year? Like, has he lived up to the expectations because – it must be hard for him, I guess, because last year was a near MVP level season. Like, what's his year been like? It wasn't just an MVP season. It was a historic season. Yeah. He was the backbone. He still is the backbone of the Rangers, but last season was otherworldly. I mean, the Rangers have been just so spoiled by goaltending throughout the years. From Going from Henrik Lundqvist to Igor Shosturkin, I mean, there is no dip there. There is not no. a single yeah. <laughs> dip whatsoever. And, and Chris Kreider says it all the time, how spoiled they've been. But it's so difficult to replicate that kind of season. And I think he – and he told me he felt a little bit of pressure. You know, you don't have – you don't finish as a – top three for the MVP and win the Vesna hands down like he did and come in and be able to to do it all again easily so I think it was a little bit of pressure on him and in the beginning he wasn't making a lot of the saves that he almost always did last season and and that kind of kind of got in his head a little bit I think I remember one game afterward he came out and said that he was ashamed yeah. <laughs> of himself it was and it was, was pretty Jack harsh Campbell level mm -hmm. it was it was tough he was not happy with himself and even still even after he started uh getting a little bit better and and a little bit more consistent and picking up wins I tried to talk to him about his game and he was like I still don't think it's at the level that it needs to be at um so but that's just the competitor in him and he's just he holds himself to such a high standard and I think that's what makes him such an unbelievable goaltender I, I remember at the time then there was a, a nickname that was being floated around and I saw some signs in New York with bleep Sturkin <laughs> Was that, that was about that time, oh, that if was I recall correctly. I must have said that 18 times yeah. on this show, Bleep Sturkin. It was just know, it was creative. It was funny. Yeah. I thought it was a good one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think back to the playoffs with how Pittsburgh just made it their number one goal to get in his head. Yeah. I mean, that was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And look, don't get me wrong, I haven't been covering the team or the NHL for for very long, but that was really something. And it definitely got in his head a little bit, but Igor did have the last laugh of that one, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <you did. laughs> that whole run last year was yeah. was just magical. The way the kid line came together, the way that Shesterkin played, just that whole run to the Eastern Conference Finals was great. And like, there are a couple characters missing from that, most notably Andrew Kopp and uh, I keep wanting to say Dylan Strom, but Ryan Strom. Yeah. What's different about this team to you, aside from the obvious, those couple characters missing from the postseason run they made last year to kind of the inconsistency that they've been finding this year? I think the the biggest difference, I mean, look, the, the trade deadline guys that they had, that they brought in, really seemed to complete the team. Yeah. Andrew Kopp, Frank Vachano, Justin Braun, Tyler Mott. Those guys really just completed that group, and it 
played a big role in why they were able to go as far as they did, especially guys like Andrew Kopp and, and Frank Vichano, just offensive juggernauts guy, kind of guys. But when those guys head out and then Ryan Strom heads out as well, I mean, everybody knows him and Artemi Panarin had such unbelievable chemistry. Um, they bring in Vincent Trocek, who is a very different player than Ryan Strom. So, but they plugged him in into all of his spots, the 2C, first power play unit. And so far, it's kind of been like jamming a square peg in a round hole a little bit. He plays a different game. And I think that for everybody, it just took a little bit of an adjustment. And I also think coming in with the expectations that they were under, um, they went from the beginning of last season where making the playoffs was the ultimate goal, just making the playoffs right. was the ultimate goal, to coming into this season where everyone's like, well, on to the Stanley Cup now, right? Yeah. It's quite a big jump. Um, and for a team that's, you know, half young players, half veterans, I think it just took everybody a, a second to kind of slow the game down. And then everybody remembers Jacob Truba's outburst, throwing his helmet, screaming at the bench. You know, everybody just kind of needed to snap into it a little bit. Yeah. And I think Jacob Truba... Though. Definitely a turning point. Absolutely a turning point. And they just started stacking wins from there. And, you know, you can't say, you can't look at that and say it was all Jacob Truba's outburst. It was that whole, because even the couple games after that, they still weren't playing that great. Right. But I think it just took a little bit of, of time to, to mesh and, to, and for everybody to settle, too, into the expectations and, and that sort of thing that they were facing. But they definitely turned it around. They're right back in the Metropolitan Division race, which is just absolutely insane. It's a dog show. Oh, my God. It's a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the only way that I can. And then, and that's what makes. Aren't the Bruins like 13 and 0? Oh, uh, they're 14, gone. They're 14 gone. 14 Nobody's going 0? near them. They're gone. 14 and 0 against, against the Metro Division, I think it is. That was the last time it was when they played the, the Rangers, crazy. which was a couple games ago, which I was like, that is an unbelievable stat against the Metro of all divisions. They've one game at home this year in regulation. Oh, my God. One yeah. game. It's they're, what, January 20? <laughs> 26th, yeah. like 25th, it's insane. Uh, they're a, they're a whole different whole different ball game. But yeah, I think the Rangers just kind of needed to settle down a little bit, and you know now they're starting to do some different things on the power play, and you know scoring different types of goals. So I think they're definitely back on track now, but there's still work to be done for sure. Well, I think one of those guys who we talk about work to be done might be Alexi Lafreniere. Like mm-hmm. he's he's a somebody. Like when's his turning point going to come this season? And we thought potentially it could be when he got healthy scratch. Uh, a few weeks ago I mean has he responded to that is he starting to pick it up or is there still a lot uh, a lot of meat on the bone there when it comes to his play you know last season when Gallant scratched him I think it was in mid-April or so Alexi came back and scored two goals Mm -hmm. the next game so I think that was the hope that that would be the desired effect um It hasn't (laughs) unfolded (laughs) as such. Um, But I think that, you know, look, don't get me wrong. Yes, for a first overall pick, are we all expecting more? 100%. That just kind of comes with... And not a low-key first overall pick either. A very highly touted, like, name-trended every day first overall pick. Since he's been 14. Yes. You know, like, every... I mean, it's unbelievable. You should see when he comes to Montreal, Toronto. I mean, it's it's crazy. Even today, when watching Gallant field questions about Lafreniere again, I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That was me banging on my head. Yeah. 
it's it's a lot it's a lot of pressure and i can't even imagine operating under such circumstances um but obviously there are things in his game that you know there are questions his skating ability um his finishing ability that kind of stuff but he is you know considered this generational talent and i think everybody's just anxiously waiting to see that come through um but obviously under such circumstances and playing in a place like new york with such a grand stage yeah i can imagine that it would be a lot to play to and i think that people just need to be a little bit patient but obviously patience is running thin at this point well, why do you think it is that you know this team has had struggles developing these young prospects like you got you got alexi you've got capo caco um you Leo know vitelli craps off sander obviously yeah, yeah. He, he's gone now like there's just a, a number of the guys who just haven't broken through who were top end first round picks you know that's the question that's the number one question and we were actually talking about this today me and a couple of the other writers been a through line for the rebuild which, I mean, I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but they have had so many first-round picks since they released that 2018, the letter yeah. of their announcing their rebuild. And of the forward group, I mean, don't get me wrong, let's not ignore the defensive group. Keandra Miller, oh, Adam yeah. Fox, Ryan Lindgren, I mean, Braden Schneider. Those guys are unbelievable. And on a... Cr crazy upward trajectory they couldn't have gotten any luckier with the defensive group but yes the forward group has been a little bit different and i think that it's a combination of and i think they've learned their lesson especially from guys like leos anderson um they rushed a lot of those guys some of those guys with leos anderson in particular um i don't think that they were ready and I think that they were a little bit, you know, quick to jump the gun to bring some of these guys up. But obviously when you got guys like Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere who were expected to step in immediately and make an impact, um, I just think that it's also, you know, the juggling of the lines, the switching constantly, you know, you scratch Capo Caco in game six of the conference final. It's a confidence thing, you too. I feel yeah. like the Rangers aren't they're a little bit tough love but you know that's the new york way you know <laughs> it's, if i'm gonna defend the org in that way it's the new york way and and that's what you get when you come to the rangers i guess but i think that i think that maybe organizationally they could be a little bit more patient a little bit more nurturing um and that was the thing you know you go from a guy like david quinn who was brought in to develop you know college coach first time nhl coach right. He was supposed to have the developmental touch, and I think that he did um, in a way, but that also didn't really work out well with the veterans. Then you bring in a guy like Gerard Gallant, who is as old school as it gets. I mean, again, I haven't covered that many coaches, but he's an old school guy. And I think that there's benefits to that, but also, you know, cons to it as well. So I think it's, you know, they kind of need to get a little bit more of an equal balance when it comes to fostering these young talent because I feel like there is a way to do it and a way not to do it and they're kind of striking out on a couple of guys one by one. Well, do you think that any of those guys could be used as, you know, some trade fodder to yes. try and improve the club? I mean, I, I think there will be a lot of teams out there that see those young talents that are 20, 21, 22 years old and say, hey, we'd love to get a crack at those guys and try to develop them. 100%. I mean, I think... It's still a little bit too early to say, but I think Vitaly Kravtsov, out of everybody right now, really could use the fresh start somewhere else. Yeah. Um, 
obviously he out over... tonight. Like he's out. Yes, tonight, right? he's out tonight. Um, he's been a healthy scratch a few times this season. He had a very tumultuous start to the season. Not only coming in under the circumstances that he did. Obviously, he you know declined to go to to. He declined his AHL assignment last season and went back and played in Russia. Um, but he came in this season and he he was committed. He, you know, they say jump, he says how high. That was his attitude and that was something that really came through from him. But it hasn't been seamless as well in that regard. A lot of injuries in the beginning of the season took him a while to get going. He had 17 games in a row before this game tonight. And he didn't really do much with it. Yeah. I think that the I used it on my podcast once. The analogy I saw him one of the games he made like a ridiculous, you know, highly skilled puck between the legs kind of move. They didn't really do anything with it. You know, like it was beautiful. It was fun to watch, but it's not making an impact no on the game. Yeah, yeah, he's not making an impact on the game yet. Um, so I think that, you know, he I get a very dejected vibe from him. Um, unfortunately, which is, you know, it's sad. These kids are so young. They're away from home. It's tough circumstances to succeed in. Um, But I think that he might, of all of them right now, that might be, you know, the way to go for him. But who knows? You know, you never know what could happen, what what he can hit a a good stride or, or whatnot. But, yeah, he's scratched tonight again. And We'll just see where it goes from there. <laughs> <laughs> We're with Molly Walker right now of the New York Post. The Leafs have the Rangers tonight at home. An interesting transition when we're talking about all these young players. An NHL debut tonight yes. for a local boy, Will Cooley, played for the Windsor Spitfires in junior, tore it up, was part of the World Juniors team last year, makes his NHL debut tonight. What's his vibe like today? Oh, you could tell he's excited, obviously. I mean, you can't sometimes the story just writes itself right yeah i mean that's just how awesome that he gets to make his nhl debut he was saying yesterday that you know if he had if he had to pick another place other than madison square garden it would be here he's gonna have a ton of people in the stands friends family um and i think that it'll be good circumstances for him um he he's a guy that during training camp and rookie camp he looks like an NHLer. He is built like an NHLer, and I think that's the number one thing that the Rangers like about him. And they definitely envision him as a fourth line guy um, who can bring a little bit of physicality. And he does have a bit of an offensive upside. He was scoring a lot in the AHL in the games leading up to tonight. Um, so I think it'll be it'll be good circumstances for him, and uh, it'll be it, you really can't write it better than, than yeah. ha- having it in his home city of Toronto. Is Ger- is Gerard Gallant that dude? You mentioned he's old school. Sheldon Keefe is that dude. Like mm-hmm. if he knows you're playing in your hometown, if you know if he knows you've got people in the building, he'll try and make it happen. Do you think that factored in? Oh, one hundred percent, definitely. Gallant is total. He's a Gallant is a player's coach. That's like his number one thing. He empowers his players. He never gives up on his players, um, even to a fault sometimes, I think. <laughs> um, but he's definitely one of those guys. He's always starting players against their former teams in their home cities. It's totally his thing. Nice. Love that. Nice. Yeah. Um, we do a segment every Wednesday called Word Association Wednesday. Ooh. So we throw out like a, a, a phrase, a word, a question, and we have to come up with the first word that comes to our mind and then explain why we chose that word. So I'm going to throw this one out to you. Describe watching Adam Fox play on a daily basis. 
I'm laughing. The first word that came to me is because uh, one of my other friends in, in Rangers media, Ryan Mead, he always says it, limitless. Wow. Ooh. Absolutely limitless. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, some of the things that he does. Uh, even during practice sometimes, like the way he traps the puck is like how a soccer player would with his foot. And it's like an extension of him. Like just some of the skills that he has is is otherworldly. And and honestly, I think the sky is the limit for him. And and it's only the beginning. <laughs> well, how underrated do you think his defensive side of his game is? Because you look at the points, and everyone looks and they say, you know, oh, look at him, you know, fifty some odd points. He's you know top five in in D scoring. But it's the defensive side of his game that I think gets overlooked a little bit. I I can see your point because of how many points he does put right. up. Um, for us, we don't think it's underrated at all because it's such a huge part of their decor. Yeah. And his patience with the puck, and I mean, that's what Jacob Truba told me, that that's the, the thing that he marvels about his game is the patience that he has, and he's always making the right pass, always making the right play, always in the right spot. Um, and I just think that that's just, he's just has such a well-rounded game. Actually, I forgot to bring this up when we were talking about Shesterkin. We were inches away from a goalie goal. What was <laughs> yeah. the building like? Were you on your feet? What would that celly have been like? <laughs> I mean, it was it was so funny because some of the other writers were saying that, oh, if, if that went in, they would throw their whole story out, and oh, that would be, like, yes. the lead. And, like, don't get me wrong, it would be a headline. You know, you're talking to someone that writes for the New York Post. Like, headlines Front are page, everything. Goal, yes. Yes. Don't get me wrong, we eat that up. Yeah. Um, but, and it definitely would get its own headline. Uh, I mean, but with Igor... It's not surprising yeah, if that if that yeah. if that can make sense about a goalie scoring. I said to him in the locker room the next day, I was like, "How badly did you want that?" <laughs> and he was like, "You know, joking." He's like, "You'd think that you know they would help me out. You know, they know that I want to do it. Why isn't nobody passing back to me? You know, like." <laughs> but that's just that's just Igor. I mean, he's always trying to you know stretch the expectations, like surpass them, and uh, he's gone for that goal more than once. You know, <laughs> it's not even like that's the first time it's happened right. like it would be a bigger deal i'm sure obviously for you guys but it would be a bigger deal if i haven't seen him try it before but well, i have <laughs> we, we saw the other night uh, samsonov made a, a great pass mm. and this place erupted like i was sitting down here in press row and when they announced samsonov for the assist that might have been the loudest that the building got tonight because <laughs> he got an assist imagine the pop this place would get if the goalie had scored a goal, like Samsonov rips one from his own paint, like that—that's just gonna be. And then electric. In yeah, Madison awesome. Square Garden. Yeah, and like imagine that happens yeah. at MSG. But that's the thing. Igor makes those passes all the time. Yeah, he's just <laughs> an elite talent. No, like, like when they're on the power play, he's coming out to the to the faceoff circles and throwing it back up the ice to get back into the zone before the team get, before the opponent can get it into a regular change. It's it's like a it's like a secret weapon almost. Yeah. It's like it's an X factor. It's such a pleasure to watch yeah. because it's just so like abnormal, I guess. With Mitch Marner playing D Shisterkin, yeah. like running the power play. Yeah, basically. Like, I like it. I like it. Basically. So uh tonight's game Leafs and Rangers. Uh, you can listen to it right here on T S N ten fifty. Um just curious, you know, what you think, you know, you're, we're going to get at it tonight. Like, clearly, the Maple Leafs are a high-powered offensive team going up against one of the best goaltenders in the world. Like, what's the game plan tonight for uh, for the Rangers? 
I think Gerard Gallant was saying this morning, he was saying that he feels like both teams are, are very similar in the sense that they're both so top-heavy and, you know, they have their star-studded top two lines and, and things like that. So I think it's always a, a, an interesting matchup between these two because of the star power that's on both sides. I expect, even though Igor is in net, I do expect a high-scoring affair. Um, that would probably be my my boldest prediction. I'm, I'm not guess. I'm not in the in the realm of making uh, specific win loss predictions, but I definitely think it would be a, a high scoring affair. Of course, unless Igor Shosturkin stands on his head, which is always a possibility. I mean, that typically happens when mm-hmm. I find like just thinking back into recent memory, it seems like the New York Rangers goaltenders always stand on their heads. I can't, like, like <laughs> what was it like? Georgiev in back-to-back starts against mm-hmm. Toronto had like 50-something saves. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter who's in net for the Rangers. They're going to play well against Toronto. <laughs> it just always seems to be the case. That's, that's sometimes the case. It's, the big uh, lights. I'm expecting it tonight. <laughs> I'm expecting that tonight. Fully, I think Leaf fans are embraced for uh, all-star Vesna-level goaltending uh, out of the New York Rangers. Molly, it was a pleasure having you up here in the booth to join us today. Really appreciate it. Hopefully you can get uh, on that flight tomorrow <laughs> and get home safe and sound. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for you, absolutely. But thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we can do it again. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. All right. There she is, uh, Molly Walker uh, from the New York Post.